The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Street and now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, John Mashoda, and Kyle Yeomans. Cowboys Nation, let's talk about it. Welcome into Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company, the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys, here with Isaiah Stanback. John Mashoda, Chris Beam in the back. I am Nick Harris. No Kyle Yeomans today. He is off doing uh, big announcer stuff today. So mm. shout out to Kyle. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're, he left us here to uh, sit here and talk about it with you guys, the therapy session. I don't think he could sit through it. Couldn't so. bear it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. 48 hours, I guess, give or take 36 maybe. I don't um, like it. Yeah, it's 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 done. It happened very fast. Uh, Dallas Cowboys getting blown out. Um, I don't I don't think there's a safer way to put it. Even if they were able to get that final touchdown and two point conversion to make it an eight point loss, it's still a blowout. Um, uh, dug themselves a twenty seven to nothing hole. Uh, couldn't bounce back from it. And the Green Bay Packers are moving on to the divisional round. And now the Cowboys have a lot of questions to answer this week and into the off season. Guys, I just kind of want to get your initial thoughts on the game. And John, we'll start with you. Just what happened? Yeah, I mean, I thought that there, well, every game, I think that there's four possible scenarios. You know, the Cowboys can either win close, win big, lose close, lose big. Losing big was something I never even considered happening. That is, that is, I never even thought that that was, not against this team, not, I mean, nine win Packers team. Yeah. You could argue it's the worst team that made the playoffs this year. Uh, you're at home. Uh, and when that, when that Cowboys game ended, we didn't know what would happen, you know, yesterday. And it held true. Every other wild card team that played at home won their game. That is a huge advantage in the wild card round because you're usually playing a team that isn't on the same level as you. And so it's the same thing as it was two years ago when the Cowboys hosted the Niners. They were the only team to lose at home in the wild card round. Uh, that's not a that's not a good sign. And uh, I, I, my my initial thoughts were are are the same as they are right now. I just cannot believe the way that first half went. For it to snowball the way it did, to get down twenty seven nothing late in the first half, get be down thirty two in the fourth. I mean, I, I just uh, that's unfathomable from a team that the offense is healthy. Yeah, you were missing some defensive players, but there is no excuse to have played that poorly. Honestly, I don't think there's an excuse for them to play that poorly against any team. 49ers, Baltimore, whatever. And then the flip side is I always try and look at things from the other team's perspective. I don't think there's a team in the NFL, Packers players, Packers fans, whoever, analysts, would have ever thought that they would be up 27 to nothing late in the first half. Carolina Panthers, whoever you want to put them at, at their place in Lambeau and on the frozen tundra, they wouldn't have believed that they would have been up 27 to nothing against anyone. For it to snowball like that, and then the last thing I'll just say before you guys go on, couldn't believe that how all facets of the game were terrible. Yeah. Like there was nothing you could hang your hat on. Like maybe, maybe Jake Ferguson, maybe <laughs> Michael Gallup. Like yeah. I mean, we're really Michael Gallup saved his job. <laughs> we're really splitting hairs over here. So that that was the. If you painted that picture and you told somebody before the game that that was going to happen, one, you could have made a ton of money betting yeah. on it. But uh, two, uh, I don't think anybody, Packer fan, Cowboy fan, any analyst would have believed that that was possible. Maybe a close loss, losing late, but not that type of performance. Well, Nick, I don't know. I don't know what the heck happened. I don't. I didn't recognize that team. Yeah, I, that entire team. There might have been aspects or players in that in that game that I might have been. You know what? We've seen that guy before. Yeah. But as an entire team, 
I was disappointed. And that's the only word that I can utilize in that associates with what we saw on Sunday afternoon is pure disappointment, mainly because they didn't fight. And there's going to be games where mm, it's just not going your way. There's going to be games where, God, ah, man, the execution's just not there. Or, man, we're just barely off on this, you know. Maybe there's games where you get out coached, But for all those things to be true and you not fight, to appear to not fight, let's put it that way, right? Well, hold on real quick on that. Did you see any similarities from that? Because I did a little bit to when you said that. I feel the exact same way. And it kind of reminded me of Arizona. San Francisco, Arizona, wow. Buffalo. Like where you're watching the game and it was like, hey, I'm only going to let you watch the first quarter and then you have to leave. And that's really all you needed to see. Yeah, I could have wrote my article after yeah. the first quarter. <laughs> yeah, the first quarter was happening. And as it was taking place, I was like, mm, yeah, this is a rough start, but they'll be okay. That, 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 that was my genuine yep. feeling. I'm like, yeah, there's, they'll be okay. Yeah. I mean, they won 16 in a row at home. You'd think that. Yeah. But not, I mean, even aside from that, I'm like, personnel-wise, you're – Personnel-wise, you're better than they are on paper. The bad thing about it is you got to still show up and prove it. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't show up and prove it. They literally allow somebody to walk in their house, smack them, their wives, and their kids. That person walked away. Before walking out the door, they turn around and say, you got something to say? And then smack their dog. And then <laughs> yeah, they smack the dog and walked out. <laughs> slammed the door shut. And Dallas said nothing. Yeah. And that's how I felt then. That's how I feel now. Yeah, do you and feel any better? I was going to ask you guys this. Do you no, feel any better today feel, than you did after it? Because I, I think there's a state of shock when it's going on. Because, you know, like like Jerry, you could tell after the game wants to kind of like sleep on it before he makes any big decision. I'm just kind of like, when I woke up the next morning, I'm like, that's worse than even when I was watching it, thinking about it. You know what? I, you know what? I, <clears throat> no, I don't feel any better to answer yeah. your question. The thing that's really making me, I don't want to say sick to my stomach, but like this uneasy feeling I genuinely, genuinely feel bad for Mr. Jones. Like, I genuinely feel bad for Mr. Jones because we're not best buds. I'm not his best friend. I don't, I don't know him in, you know, all the way in and all the way out. I'm, I'm grateful that he drafted me and things of that nature. See him around the way from time to time. But over the years, from the time that I was drafted to now, right, I've had my eyes on the Cowboys, I've never seen him hurt. And I feel like he was genuinely hurt after that game or hurt by the results of that game. There's a certain look that people have in their eyes. There's disappointment. There's frustration. There's anger. He was hurt, man. Like, like I felt I like I felt it, you know, like there's a there's a presence that he has about it. There's an ambiance that he has about him. And it was it was pain. It was genuine pain. And well, I'll, I'll just speak on behalf of everybody outside of the studio then. Don't you give him any responsibility being also the general manager of the team? You know what? So I know a lot of people are going to do that, right? And yeah. as a general manager, you do everything that you can. You know, my idea of a general manager doing all they can is doing a great job managing the salary cap, doing a great job putting as much talent as you can underneath the salary cap, and putting a coaching staff in position that is as successful as possible with the talent that you have. That's your job as a general manager. Your job's not to go out there and play. Your job's not to play at all. Yeah. Uh, after the game, um, Jerry was kind of took responsibility. He said, I know where the responsibility starts and ends, talking about himself. I've got that real clear, and I know that uh, the point is, is, is that I'm disappointed for everybody. He was really apologetic to the fans after the game. Um, I think that was the biggest thing that he, he wanted to get across, and he knew that there was a really good opportunity for this team to be able to 
have two games at home and instead on Sunday AT&T Stadium is going to be very empty and not a soul's going to be in there. Um, it, it is interesting you say about the apology because I felt like uh, last year in San Francisco he talked because of that exact same thing too yeah. and Anybody that wants can just put that aside and be like, oh, you know, he just wants publicity. He, he, he's never seen a microphone or camera he doesn't love. And that's fine. That, you can factor that in. But also, uh, I mean, I watch all these games. I just I, I don't see anybody else's, you know, GM or owner standing outside, you know, feeling like they have to tell the fan base. They're not the only ones that are going to be disappointed after this. But, that, but it is interesting how, like, you point that out, that I, I really, truly feel like he has to say something to the fans, especially when it's such an ugly disappointing unexpected end of the season like that yeah and the biggest questions that were asked to jerry jones post game was you know are there changes that you have to make now uh, this is three seasons in a row 12 wins um at 12 and 5 and it being bounced early in the playoffs earlier than you probably should have i think the only argument you can maybe maybe make uh was last season but e- even the way that one went down you felt like you should have won that game he said i haven't reflected at all on anything about the coaching or any of that I'm amazed that we are sitting here without another game this upcoming weekend. I don't have any comments or questions or answers for how and why we didn't do what we wanted tonight. Mm-hmm. What I'm zeroed in on is the fact that I thought we were in a position to advance this thing in the playoffs and maybe get as far as our dreams might take us. We didn't do it. I didn't have. I don't have any thoughts on the reasons why or anything to do with the coaching or players. Um, it kind of sounded like he was going to take some time this week to think mm-hmm. about some things, and uh, it's. It's hard to go into Oxnard in July and sell the same product. Oh, and just run it back? Yeah. You can't do it, especially really after what hard. you just read. I can't see how that it's happens. It's really hard. Yeah. Going 12-5, and five, three mm-hmm. straight seasons, because let's say you have regular season success next year. Let's say you go 14-3, and three, yeah. right? Oh, I know. I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> no, yeah. there's going to be zero confidence from the fan base. Nope. It's going to be okay. Well, let's let's see next week. We're talking about the playoffs. I just I got to throw something in here. I know some people aren't going to like this, but you know, I, I've seen the I've seen the, the posts. I've seen people talk about how well we maybe just shouldn't go to the games. Show them by not going to the games. Well, people are going to go to the games. I mean, it's an event. There's only eight home games a year. But I will say what what Jerry will see, and he'll 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 be very aware of. You run it back like that, I'll tell you what. where you will see the difference. You ain't going to see the T-shirts being sold. Yeah. You're not going to see the hoodies, yeah. the, the hats, the gear. There's going to be other things that the Cowboys are involved in that you'll see people just be like, yeah, I'm, I'm good right now, man. you got to do something. <laughs> so that's why in knowing how he is as a businessman, I think he knows exactly what you're saying. Like, there's no way I can just run it back and say, no, let's just try and do this again. Not after an ending like that. You win the first two, losing Sam Fran. I know to be ugly. I understand people be like third straight season – the Niners ended it. It's at least NFC Championship game. You might be able to do something there. This, I don't see how you can run it back. Yeah. I, I With all the pieces that are in place, main pieces, let's, we could talk about coaching staff, Dak Prescott, uh, defensive stars, Micah Parsons, whatever. You have the same main pieces in place going into next season. Mm-hmm. You would probably have less confidence with that team being 14-3 and three going into the playoffs if, uh, as compared to if you make a big splash in the offseason, whether it be a coaching or a big free agent addition or a, a splash draft uh, a draftee and go into the playoffs 11-6. and six. I, There's probably more confidence in that 11-6 team that has a, something different than this 14-3 and three team that has gone to the playoffs three years in a row and has fallen short of expectations. That's just me thinking. Yeah, I hear you guys thinking, and I know, obviously, I've been watching all the shows and reading all the articles and getting everybody's responsive. Of course. Um, what do you like about it? <laughs> the human behavior, right? The human behavior cycle, right? I, speaking in regards to what I was just mentioning about how I, f- I believe that Mr. Jones was hurt. After hurt, what comes? What happens? 
What's the next anger. emotion? Anger. Grief. <laughs> nah, anger. Okay. <laughs> right? Scorched earth. And anybody who knows the history of Mr. Jones, when he's pissed off, mm, don't even make eye contact in the hallway. Right? If don't sneeze, don't yawn, don't anything. I think he's about to go scorched earth. And I'm not sure what that looks like. I'm not sure what that looks like. And I'm not sure how he can de- how he can detach personally. Now, his surrounding support system, Will McClay, Mr. You know, Stephen Jones, and everybody else that has a part in speaking some some wisdom in his ear, um, he, uh, even amongst the wisdom that he are, already has himself, is going to have a big role because emotionally he's going to have to try to hone himself in because of the hurt, because of the pain, because of the embarrassment, because of the repeat, you know, repeated uh, offenses of the playoffs, coming short in the playoffs, because of the timeline that he feels like he's up against. Yeah. Um, he's going to have to try to bring in as much rationale as possible. And as for everybody, and I'm sure we'll hit on this, every, there's a lot of people saying, you know, just get, just get rid of everything. Mm, I'm not so sure. I don't think blowing not, it up is the answer. No, it's I don't no. think it's, I, it's, So I don't think blowing it up is the answer. And I honestly don't think that they're mm, just people aren't going to agree with this. I don't feel as if there needs to be a lot of change inside the building. I truly don't. I agree. I think that the area that your organization has been struggling with consistently, not the regular season, it's the playoffs. And I know there's a head coach out there that's on TV right now interviewing for coaches. He's don't bring, don't look to bring in double B. My this is my suggestion. If I'm the, if I'm running things around here, I am trying to pitch Bill Belichick to come in as a as a consultant. I, I okay, I can as, I as, can listen to you on that. The problem with and I and he is the odds-on favorite if they were going another direction. Not a coach. To be the coach, I know, but yeah. to be that coach. But my thing with Bill Belichick is I wonder how relatable he is now to today's players. Understood. Like the way that his style is, especially mm-hmm. as you watch every branch from his tree I get it. go somewhere else I get it. and be an epic failure. Yep. There's part of you that's got to sit back and go, hey, man, you're a legend. Yep. Statues, all of that. Agreed. Arguably the greatest ever. I don't know how – like I could see him coming in here yep. – Trying to do it his way, you know, iron fist, all that stuff, yep. and it being like, yeah, catastrophic. Like, oh my yeah. god, yeah. That's, that's why. I, that's why I don't say coach. Yeah, but I say as a consultant because name one person that's better prepared for playoffs. Yeah, name but I don't think he would take that over. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah, think like, he would take that over head coaching job. He's going to no, get no, a head no, no. coaching job. I, I, I hear you, but I'm yeah. just saying this is just a suggestion of mine. Mm-hmm. If, if I was in a position, I'm pitching him to come in as a consultant. I'm not sure that he wants to be a head coach again. I'm not. 100% I think there's sure a that. really good chance he's the Atlanta Falcons coach. I, I, I think there's a possibility of that, but I'm yeah. not sure that he really wants to be a head coach again, right? So that's a lot of responsibility. You got to build a culture. You got to build it up. And it takes years, right? And he's up against the clock as well. But if you have so, him as a consultant, isn't he undermining the head coach? Because the head coach is just always like, "Well, Bill's over there." This, listen up. Where have you proven to me, as of late, that you're coming up short on this coaching staff? Not the regular season. It's the playoffs. Yeah. So I'm going to bring somebody else in who has a different perspective, who has a lot more success in that department, right? And I'm going to lean on him, and I want you to lean on him in terms of preparation, in terms of analyzing yourself, right, in terms of not being repetitive and some of the things that you're doing offensively, defensively, whatever it might have been that people feel like we were doing the same type of things and scouting yourself. That's where I'm leaning on. I think that would be 
my answer to it, right? Now, obviously, I'm not getting paid to do this, okay? But I believe that they don't need to blow up as much as people think because I think I don't believe that Cowboys Nation is willing to go through the pain of rebuilding and going through the pain of trying to ascend back to even where you are today. Well, the other part of it is they have too many key young pieces that you would be foolish to just go, yeah, I know, young, good player. Get, get them out of here. We got to start over. I don't want a single player in this roster that was here the last year. You can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. That would be that would be foolish to do that. I will say one thing I've thought about a lot recently is just the whole idea of, like, how come they keep falling short in the playoffs? And I'm not saying this is the reason, but I do believe this is a factor. And maybe it's only 1%. But I wonder if the star has gotten so big mm. that the pressure – in the playoffs is too much for for these guys nowadays. I mean, the social media, the constant TV attention. You know, when the when the Cowboys lose, it's a bigger deal than when most teams win. Last year's San Francisco game was an eye opener for me with that. It was it was very fascinating to watch the whole thing. Like, why I don't understand why all nationally there isn't all this talk about man. This is the Niners' year, whatever. It was that was like maybe ten percent, ninety percent was like Cowboys choke again, blah blah blah, whatever. Like I wonder if today's player who hears every little thing, I wonder if the pressure of the playoffs has become so much that soon as something goes wrong, it is it just it's they they tense up or whatever. And the only way that that could change is to your point would be with at the leadership standpoint. I know a lot of people talk about any new general manager, all that. That's not going to change, but. There's just something about them going in these games, especially these these last two playoff games at home, where you're just like, man, they don't even look like if you took the jerseys off them, you just you would look like that's not even a team that belongs in the NFL. It it, it it's been stunning. I'm gonna have to disagree with you here, Isaiah. Um, I do not believe Bill Belichick is looking for anything other than a head coaching or GM oppor- and and GM opportunity. He uh, he wants full control. I'd be shocked if he doesn't end up with. I think he wants a record. I think he wants a head coaching. He's Fifteen wins yeah. away from the head coaching wins record. Uh, he's he's gonna go be a coach somewhere, and I I don't feel like that would be here even if Jerry Jones no, decides to move on from Mike McCarthy. Now, playing into your point though. There's a guy who used to coach up in Seattle not too long ago who might fit more of the bill you're looking for, the bill uh, you're looking for, um, to come in as, as an analyst maybe or as an advisor. And They're not letting that man leave that building. Eh, I don't but know. But if they and, did, how his, would you feel about in that? His, in his press conference, yeah. whenever he was let go, he was kind of firing at ownership a little bit. Yeah. It would not surprise me if he ends up somewhere else, if, if the right opportunity were to present itself. But I mean, that's a guy who's won at every level he's been at. Um, I, I think that would be a little bit more interesting there. And who knows, that might even be a candidate if, if Jerry Jones decides to move on from Mike McCarthy. Uh, Cowboys Nation, we want to hear from you. Um, go ahead and hit up our text line and our phone line. Text line 817-290-3298. Send us a text or give us a call 888-855-2297 again 888-855-2297 we'll take a couple calls in the next segment here on talking cowboys todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. 
Go online at blackriflecoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's blackriflecoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to Talking Cowboys. This portion of Talking Cowboys is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super trusted superfood. Quaker mm. Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. John, did you get him in this morning? <laughs> I did not. I didn't get anything in this morning. Yeah, me neither. All right, we're not going to ask anybody else. <laughs> I uh, sure did, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> we have our uh, first caller on the line. Do we Do we beam already? Yes, we do. Okay. It's uh, Is it Kyle in Indianapolis? Is that is that, is that who it is? <laughs> Kyle in Indianapolis, and I just got my Quaker Oats in too, Isaiah. I got you, bro. <laughs> nice. It was uh, the the hotel lobby is what what got it done this morning for sure. Uh, Kyle, go ahead and uh, tell us what you're up there for, and then kind of give us your thoughts on this this uh, just everything that's happened in the last 48 hours too. Yeah, this is uh, this was a pre scheduled thing, so it's not like I just picked up the bags and, and ran <laughs> as soon as what happened on Sunday happened. Whatever you say, sure, uh, Kyle. Sure, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, calling the uh, Purdue at Indiana men's basketball game tonight for Compass Radio Network. So national radio network. So if you if you have uh, anything going on tonight and you're running around, you can listen to it or you can stop down and I'll, I'll tweet out a link and uh, I'll, I'll put it on Instagram here in a little while as well. But, you moved on to uh, basketball season fast. <laughs> yeah, that didn't, it didn't last long, right? Uh, yeah, excited about the game, but pretty – pretty uh, bummed out still about the Cowboys. And I, I tweeted this out yesterday, but it feels like a bad dream uh, every time that you, you kind of wake up and you look back at what happened just because of the expectation that was there and then the letdown that was there as well. Uh, I think that was what hurt the most is not only did you get blown out, and I, I, I watched the beginning of the show and you, you, I mean, nailed it right on the head. There's Even if they go and score and make it a one possession game that was a blowout loss to green bay they controlled you in every aspect of the game and they they executed their game plan uh and, and you were you were expected to do that you were at home you're the only home team in the wild card round to lose a game after you had won 16 straight at home so 
it's frustrating. It really is. And I, I don't blame Cowboys Nation for remaining frustrated even after 48 hours and seeing the Eagles fall uh, on Monday Night Football. I, I just it, it was uh, it was a disappointment across the board. And, and I don't think you can point it in one specific direction. But if if you got to point it in one direction, it may just go right back to your head coach. And that's unfortunate because he has had a ton of success. He's, he's won a lot of games in the regular season, but when you're one and three in the playoffs, oh, and two at home in the playoffs, it's ultimately, I think, going to reflect on, on what you do in terms of getting those guys ready. Yeah, I think that's certainly a, a solid point there. And I, I, there's a lot of questions that are going to have to be answered. Again, I, I said in the previous segment, it's going to have to be answered this week. It's going to have to be answered in the rest of the offseason. If you're Jerry Jones right now, what are you mulling over? And I don't think there's a correct or wrong answer to that question. I think there's a lot of things that you look at. There's different possibilities. Uh, Kyle, last thing here. Um, what is one big offseason change that would give you confidence going into Oxnard next year? Uh, man, that's tough. I, I, think it, it would, I think it would need to be multiple changes, and maybe not even that head coach, but just across the board. Because even if you make a change at head coach, my thought is who do you go get? I mean, I know the name Bill Belichick is out there. I know Mike Vrabel's out there. Pete Carroll technically is, is not a head coach anymore, but he's in a position that I think he's happy in. It, 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 what excites me is, is maybe just finding better players. I, I don't know. It, it really is one of those <laughs> questions tough. where it, it, it does, it's not an easy answer. And I think this is the most pivotal Cowboys offseason that we've had in a long time because – you can't sit there and do nothing. That's that's my thing is you can't just run it back and go back into it and say, hey, let's let's try and put the same roster on the table that just went 12-5 and five and lost in the wild card round and just hope it goes better next time. You, you can't do that. Uh, sure, you can do yourself a favor by maybe getting ahead and signing the, the cornerstone pieces of your franchise that are coming up closer to, to contract time like a C.D. Lamb or a Micah Parsons or whoever, but don't don't just sign contracts to sign contracts and don't just make changes to make changes. I, I want to see a, a, a considerable plan moving forward. That's my, my number one concern uh, and, and something that I want to see at least this offseason. You may have to make some moves up top, but just make sure that you have a plan in doing so. Yeah, I'm with you, Kyle. Appreciate you hopping on, man. Good luck with the call tonight. Stay safe. Safe travels back uh, oh, so we can be back on the show here with you. I don't even know when the next show would be, but whenever the next show would be, yeah. uh, hope to have you back, man. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Y'all have fun, and uh, keep uh, keep the therapy session going, gentlemen. <laughs> hey, Sorry, hey get, a, get a picture with Zach Eady. Okay, I'll send it to you. How, uh, how tall are you? Uh, I'm six foot three, and he's like a solid seven four. Yeah, so, I'm watching yeah, some of his highlights I'm right sure now. That'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> Have nice. fun, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Uh, there's a question here on the text line from the two one nine. This is it's not a question; it's more of a statement, and I, it kind of goes into your point, John, of talking about the pressure of of playing in the uh, playing in the playoffs for the Dallas Cowboys. He said, if the pressure is too much, send them to the Yankees organization. They'll teach them how to deal with high expectations. 20, 28 World Series titles, I guess it is, for the Yankees. So. And when's their last one? Uh, Nine? Know. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while, I guess. I guess. Oh, nine. When, when social media really started taking off? <laughs> that's, a, that's a valid point as well. That's a valid point as well. Um, a couple of really good questions in here as well. I'll kind of dive through them. But uh, we're going to go to our second caller, technically, but our first uh, fan caller. Josh in North Carolina. Josh, what's on your mind? How we doing, gentlemen? Doing well. Good, man. 
Good, good. Um, long time everyday listener with you guys. You guys are awesome. Um, uh, what a debacle of epic proportions that uh, that game was for sure. Um, I know you guys are going to be honest with the fans, with uh, with the team, with everybody, and I appreciate your honesty. So I've got two questions for you guys, and then I'll hang up and let you guys uh, discuss. And if, I, and, and if I repeat myself, I apologize uh, if you've already answered these questions. Uh, first one is, you know, I've asked this before and uh, throughout the year, and uh, Isaiah, you could probably answer this better than uh, than most. What was the game plan for the offense and the defense? It looked like we were just lost out there. Uh, Players missing assignment, uh, not knowing what routes to run. It just looked like a gom, uh, to be honest. So that's my first question. What was the game plan? And the second question is, uh, going forward, uh, honestly, is this team equipped to make a deeper run than just the divisional round uh, like last year? I mean, I, I just feel like we, we set ourselves up for failure. We have all this talent, and we can't. We can't get over the hump. And so we need to have some honest conversations. Is this team ready to take the next leap? I appreciate you guys. Have a great day. It's One thing I just want to say before you go, Isaiah. Thanks, Josh. I, I just think it's uh, the other thing that factors in on the whole blowing of the team. To, be, to win 12 games each of the last three years in the regular season, that's hard in any— any era, mm-hmm. but it's particularly hard right now because of the parity, the way your schedule changes every year. If you're good the year before, you're getting a tougher schedule the year after. If you're good again, you're getting a tougher schedule the night. So I, I I get annoyed by people that just scoff at that, like nobody cares. It's really, it's really tough to do in today's NFL to yeah. run that back year after year. So to sit there and just say, oh, hey, let's just blow this thing up. There's a part of me that could see that a little bit when I'm watching the Eagles game yesterday because there's some older players and you're just kind of like, hey, you need to shake some... I just look at where this team's at right now and just blowing it up on the field. That just doesn't that doesn't sound like a wise decision. If you think that's the best decision right now, go ahead and sleep on it for a couple more days. Because I think when you look back on it, you're going to think that that's not that's not the answer. You can do a lot more harm than good. I think that there's tweaks here and there that you can make that that can get you to to that next level. But yeah, what what did you think on the game plan? Yeah, I totally agree with you on that, John. Um, <clears throat> in regards to the game plan, I thanks for the call, Josh. Offensively. <clears throat> Offensively, you wanted to try to play keep away, but there was a team that that got to the scoreboard first. Um, Green Bay disrupted what your initial game plan was. You went out there, you tried to run the ball, and you couldn't do so. Um, They were not running the ball effectively. Um, Ended up punting on their first series, obviously. Um, So then you're right smack dab in trouble. You're playing from behind. Passing game. I hate to say this word, but it was predictable. It was predictable, and we've talked about it. We talked about it earlier in the season, how with the West Coast offense, you can run the same plays, but you have to run it from different formations, different personnel groupings, different motions. You have to move it around to make it look and appear different than what it actually is, and there wasn't a lot of that in this game. So because of that stagnant um, look, appearance, it was predictable from the defense. Um, There was miscommunication between Dak and C.D., I felt as if the routes that CD were running were accurate routes. I felt like Dak was Dak went back to last year Dak. And I don't want to place this on one person, but I felt the frustration for CD. The ball placement of Dak was terrible um, based upon the routes that CD was running, based upon where the passing lanes were, based upon where the gaps in the defense were. Um, Dak was not on. Um, even when CD was open, 
Dak, I mean, CD's breaking out. Dak's throwing inside, you know, away from his momentum and high and things of that nature. So he wasn't putting the ball in position for guys to be able to do anything with it, nevertheless even catch it. Um, he went back to not reading coverages, unfortunately. Um, they, they were not running complicated coverages. They were playing very soft defense. Majority of the time they were playing cover four or cover three. Every so often they were sprinkling in some man. But they were playing bend but don't break defense. Like, hey, you're not beating us over the top. We know you don't want to work your way down the field. Especially with a 27 nothing lead. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So they did that, um, and they really screwed screwed around with Dak with those safeties. That's something that's caused him problems in the past. Pre-snap read to post-snap read and not making the adjustment. I mean, there was times where I was literally explaining it to some of our one of our staff members here, um, breaking down coverages and – helping them understand where the holes and the coverages are. And I'm like, okay, here's the pre-snap read. We're actually watching the game. Literally, I'm drawing stuff up with figurines and everything else on the table. And I'm like, this is cover two. No, it might be cover four. That's, 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 that's pre-snap. Now let's see what happens post-snap. As soon as the ball snapped, okay, here comes the safety. It's cover three. As soon as I said cover three, pick six. Yeah. Didn't see it. He was throwing it as if it was still cover four, but it went to cover three. So there was a man there that normally wouldn't be there in cover four, but he was there in cover three. But you have to see that. So there's things that Dak reverted back to. Um, that was the offensive, right? So you got behind. Couldn't run the ball to, to, to sustain drives, and then your passing game was crap. Defensively, I was just telling this to John in, in, um, in the break, you had to become a defense that you haven't been all year. And as many people that are coming at Dan Quinn right now, first of all, Yes, he had a bad game calling calling a game. At the end of the day, he can't play for his guys. You you expect your guys, the best pass rush in the game, to get home. They didn't get home. You expect them to be able to stop the run and ask them to stop the run versus a, a pretty simplistic zone running scheme. They, they didn't really do that at all. Um, Secondary-wise, you couldn't play the type of defense that you wanted to play, that you're accustomed to playing. You're accustomed to playing man-to-man defense, you know, press man, off man, whatever is man. Dallas was number one in the league this year playing man-to-man coverage, and you couldn't do so. I think I might have mentioned it last week on the show after Gilmore injury. I said it's going to be very interesting to see how he approaches his game because he cannot be the same player that he was. I don't want to. I didn't want to project that onto him, but I was saying, based upon my my personal experience with that injury, which we perceived it to be, I perceived it to be the same injury I had sustained three years in a row. I knew that he was not going to physically be able to play man to man defense. And what do we see? A lot of cover three. And it's come out that he's tore his labrum. labrum I, I, so. knew, I knew it. Yep, got to have, have surgery. This I can't week. say that on the air because I I'm not the guys back there looking at his MRI. Yeah. But I I played with that two years in a row. So I knew he was being a dog. I knew he was playing through pain. I knew that he was going get, to get, you know, all kinds of medicine and braces and all that stuff. And he was going to play. But what did I say? Yeah. He's not going to be the same guy. <clears throat> and he was unable to play man-to-man press and play physical. The, what, what, playing man-to-man defense requires you to be physical. Whether you're playing man-to-man press at the line of scrimmage or whether you're playing five yards off. At some point in time, i got to get my hands on you, Nick. Yeah. And if I have a, j- a jacked-up shoulder, I can't. Right, And I'm going to be hesitant. And I'm going to be second-guess anything that I naturally would do. So what do you do to take some of that stress off of your players? Let's go to zone. Well, you haven't been playing a ton of zone. So at now all. what happens? So now what happens in zone? I talked about this too, right? And you guys could look at the film room. I said these guys run a lot of three by one sets. And what do three by one sets do? When you try to play zone, they flood you. 
It's very difficult in terms of communication, in terms of who has who, responsibilities. That guy's going over there. Okay, we're just only three guys that are responsible for going deep. What happens when we got four guys going deep? Right now, what happens? You drop coverages. And that's exactly what happened. You saw miscommunication. You saw guys that are booty button naked open. And it was unfortunate. And I felt for Dan Quick because I'm like, there's nothing else he could do. There's nothing else he can do. He's calling what he can call based upon what his personnel allows for him to call. And they're not executing. So you're telling me a random play in Washington during a blowout in Week 18 in which Stephon Gil- Gilmore injured his shoulder, wrote the end for the Dallas Cowboys in the I'm playoffs. Sa- I'm the saying it, it changed the game plan. Yeah, yeah. I understand. That. I don't know how. Understand that. That, and 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 that totally makes tons of sense for why there were uncharacteristic type of openings and on the back end of that defense and some of the touchdowns they gave up and things like that. Um, and that sucks. But injuries happen. Yeah. But not really on the offense. No. Yeah, the whole crew there at home too. Okay. Shouldn't be any communication communication no. issues. You're at home, so you can give up those points, but you should be scoring them right back against that. It was the Green Bay Packers, and honestly, I want to take the Packers out of it because the way the Cowboys played, it really didn't matter who who the other team was. They could have been playing seven on seven. Yeah, and it would have been the same result. I'm mean, see, it was it was that bad in terms yeah. of communication. I'm fascinated yeah. to watch this Packers Niners game because I think it could be like real ugly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we come back out of our second break, we'll, we'll touch on our final caller and then we'll also touch on uh, the wrapping, wrapping this up uh, as the Cowboys uh, season is over. We look forward to the offseason in the, in the final segment here on Talking Cowboys. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJack black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to Talkin' Cowboys. Welcome back into Talkin' Cowboys. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to see this offseason. I'm going to get in. I'm going to get this Invisalign going. Are you now? Yeah, yeah. You I'm think thinking about doing it, too. You think I'm going to give you a discount? The off-season yeah, yeah. Done. You think I'm going to give you a discount? Uh, Talking Cowboys discount? I don't know. Maybe. But they might give me a crooked smile discount. We'll see. (laughs) Um, We're going to go to our final caller, Brian in Kansas City. Brian, what's on your mind? Good morning, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Man, I can't believe Kyle abandoned us on our uh, (laughs) Isn't it wild? Hopped on a private jet and took off to Indiana. And beyond people. I'm just telling you. And and I had a question for him. I wanted to know who uh, who they picked out for the draft show this year. And I'm now I'm mad that he's not there to answer. Well, uh, so. I, I can kind of answer that for you. Um, oh, yeah. we, we, the, the draft show will start this week. Um, I don't know if I have uh, the, the, the right to say who's going to be on the show, but it's uh, look, look for tomorrow. Look for tomorrow. After that, I appreciate it. Uh, so, you know, you guys talked a little bit about the defense, and, and I wondered, too, why the defense looked so different than what we'd seen most of the year. and. You know, not being able to jam people at the line of scrimmage makes sense for maybe why they couldn't play their their regular coverages. And it, it you know, maybe this has an impact on the question I was going to ask too. But um, so, and I will say before I ask the question, I will say there's nobody out there that excites me as a coach right now, including Belichick. I agree that Belichick, I think is, I think his days are past um, in terms of modern players, and he hasn't been a good coach for the with the Patriots for the last few years either. Um, you know, they had an epic failure this year. Yeah. Um, so, um, but uh, in the, I actually have two questions. One, who, in, in when going into the draft, what positions do you guys want to see upgraded? And then the other question I had was about Quinn, but, you know, we kind of just said, well, maybe he just wasn't capable of playing the defense he's used to. But he's now associated with two Epic postseason failures. What does that do to his stock uh, for this offseason? And I'll hang up and uh, listen to y'all's answer. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. Isaiah? So, in terms of who, what position group I would like to see addressed in the offseason, it's the same as it was last year. His offensive line. Last year, in the first first round, second round, I wanted off his line. I was yeah. myself, Nate. Everybody was beating the dog on the table for it. Nate was yesterday. In that yeah, <laughs> it's it's been the same. We've been saying the same thing for a while now. It needs to be addressed. Yeah, you, you shouldn't have taken you having to sit Tyron Smith out, you know, for practice to realize, oh, we might need to address this. So that's something that I hopefully they will address um, with a high pick, higher pick. Um, in terms of Dan Quinn, was that the next question? Yeah. Um, yeah, Dan Quinn, as a he took an Atlanta Falcons organization that was pretty much crap, took them all the way to the Super Bowl, um, and, yeah, and had an epic meltdown at the Super Bowl. Again, coaches can't do everything. I'm not That doesn't alleviate them from the responsibility, but 
I'm sure that game haunts him more than anything. And it's a heck of an example to have. And it has no relation to this game. And I would tell you if it did. I love DQ. That's my dude. But I hold him accountable just like I hold anybody else accountable. This game was a very frustrating game for him. Yeah. Not only from the standpoint of what he was able to call because of the capabilities of his players, but also because of the execution. Damn. Yeah, go ahead. This kind of leads into a text we got from the 901. You need real depth in the middle of your defensive core, linebacker, and safety. That's what's killed you. Mm. Did you see how they bullied us? And that's a that's a thing we've talked about all season is Undersized. when when they play against teams that are so physical yeah. that you you see how, how different it is. And that, I, I mentioned this yesterday on kind of the pop-up show that we had. One thing that I did not factor in last week is how good that Packers offensive line is. And I knew it was good. I knew it was solid. I knew they were physical. I knew they yeah. could bully around. They're not going to have you know one guy that's going to be the mauler, but they're going to have they five units. Really, yeah, it's a it's a unit that works really well together, and they got into that second level, and they were doing some dirty work to Damone Clark and Marquise Bell, uh, Malik Hooker, J. Ron Curse, everybody in the middle of that defensive court. I think you need size, and you need first that, round probably not, but nah. second, third round, you got to start addressing the size. Size, on the side of the ball. size is one thing. Is more for me is more attitude. For me is more attitude. Definitely, you need size. Definitely, you need size. But if you put a, no, I was about to say a name. Ooh. Um, <laughs> I've known some very large linebackers <laughs> okay. along the way that were workout warriors that were soft as tissue paper. Mm. So size is one aspect, but you gotta have some. You gotta have a dog. Yeah. You gotta have some dogs, man, um, at the linebacker at the second level. But you also have to keep guys off of the linebackers. Yeah. So like it goes to the interior defense alignment, and you have to get some big fellas. I mean, you have to, I believe that you, as much as you want to be a high speed pass rushing type defense, I think you need to on first and second down, have the option to put some, some big boys up there to put some big stakes up front to be able to discourage the run. So in passing situations, now you can bring your, your, your goons in to go back and hunt the quarterback. But I don't think that you should be asking them to play that the entire game. When it goes back to the draft question, I will say, so the Cowboys are locked into the 24th pick. Um, they've drafted at 24 three times in the team's history. They took Tyler Smith, Des Bryant, and Kelvin Hill. So they've done well at, at 24, uh, and I completely agree. I think it's got to be an offensive tackle. Uh, getting this offensive line back to being one of the team's strengths, getting the running game going helps everything else. We knew that that was an issue this entire season. So for me, first round, if you're, if you're asking me, I'm, I'm saying 24th pick, offensive lineman, probably offensive tackle. Yeah, it's a really deep tackle class, too. So there's there's going to be an opportunity to get a high-value guy, I think, at that 24 spot that, you know, in previous years would probably go a little bit higher than that. And they've been great the drafting offensive lineman in the first yeah. round. So. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, I think that's probably where it starts in the first round. For me, I think you, you move into day two, you really got to start addressing defensive defensive size for me. I, I, I know it's kind of an attitude thing as well. but And you get Overshone back next year. You get Trayvon Diggs back next year. Uh, we'll see what happens with Leighton Van Der Esch as well. Uh, hoping for the best for him. But there's still things that you can help out with the defensive side of the ball. The last thing I want to touch on before we get out of here, um, if, if Jerry Jones is to move on from Mike McCarthy, this is just kind of you know my thinking here, defensive head coach. You know, it's it's I haven't had a de- defensive head coach in here since Wade Phillips, correct? Um, bringing a defensive guy because this team is a defensive team. You look at Micah Parsons. You look at Trayvon Diggs. Those are the young core pieces. Yeah, you could look at CeeDee Lamb and Dak Prescott having the season they just had. Bringing a coordinator that can work with those guys and have solid play-calling uh, opportunities and be able to put them in positions. A defensive head coach that is built around a defensive staff, I think that's what could make this team win. The interesting thing about that, though, is – 
So you see like a lot of names people want to throw out a lot. I don't see the Cowboys if they were going another direction to go to a first time head coach. I don't so you can like the Ben Johnsons and Bobby Slowick. I, I just don't see that that being a, a, a something here that Jerry would want to do. Uh He's going to want somebody that's got previous head coaching experience. And so when you say that for a defensive coach, um, I mean, obviously people will say like Bill Belichick and things like that. I just, I don't know. It's it's Steve Wilkes. Yeah, it's tough for me to say yeah, that they would go that. Good. Yeah, uh, it's tough for me to say that they yeah. would go in that direction. But do you, do you I, just, I would be stunned if they if they went if went for a first time head coach. I just I can't see that happening. I, I'll I'll start by saying I'd be stunned if if McCarthy's out. I I know some people kind of feel differently about that and uh i definitely felt the heat on twitter on that on sunday night but i just i don't i don't see how that happens um i, I could be wrong I, I don't either i could be wrong i could I be either. wrong but i just um i don't i don't know i don't know um we'll kind of see as, as time goes on so just for clarification purposes do you believe that coach mccarthy will be let go i do not uh, i don't believe so if i was betting right now i would bet that he's not i i would be on that same bag when i got i don't believe that he's leaving either I would bet that uh, Jerry will move on. Yeah. I just I can't see how how, how he dejected he was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll be surprised if he's back. I wouldn't, I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't from. be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. But I don't. Again, that's why I led with he's going to need his supporting cast to yeah. help him take the emotion yeah. out of it. True. Right. As, as as crazy as that sounds. No, that's a good point. That's going to take the sure. emotions out of it and try to be as rational as possible. And for all the points we talked about in terms of how hard it is to win in this league, to be twelve and five. Three years in a row means something. Now, does that mean something to Cowboys Nation? Not at all, right? So what do you do? You find somebody, something that can help you get over that hurdle just in the doggone playoffs. I really like Mike McCarthy. I think he's an excellent coach. Um, so I'm not the one being having to decide this, and really nobody is <laughs> other than Jerry Jones. Mm -hmm. And the thing I keep coming back to as someone that covers the team and you're trying to piece things together is – the way Jerry looked outside that locker room, oh, yeah. the way he answered the questions, and I just can't get past the week before in yeah. Washington when he said all these glowing things about Mike, but then at the end said that they would take it game by game in the playoffs, and, you know, judging his future in that. And so when you factor all that stuff in, that's the part that makes it tough for me to sit here and go, oh, yeah, you know, he'll be back for a year or five. The other part is, too, is that in his fifth year in Green Bay, that's when they, they got over the top and won the Super Bowl. So I'm sure that that will be brought up quite a bit. Um, but it, I would be surprised right now, just because, like I said, the things I've that Jerry has said and the way he looked after that game, yeah, uh, uh, yeah that that's going to be tough. Yeah. I see where you're coming from from that from that standpoint. I don't feel like there's a wrong decision there. Uh, yeah. I, that won't be answered until this time next year, I guess. Um, but that's going to be the first big question of a lot of questions this offseason. You got 14 impending free agents, um, 13 that are unrestricted. Um, you a lot got of, a lot of checks got, to sign. You got a lot of checks to sign. You got Oof. a lot of extensions to work out with C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott. Uh, potentially Michael Micah. Parsons, Tony Pollard. I mean, there's it, it goes down the list. There's a lot of things to, to work through this offseason. We'll be here with you through it. Uh, don't know what the podcast schedule will look like as the offseason goes on. That's more of a Chris Beam question. Go fire that off to him. Mm. Uh, but um, this is uh, this is probably the last one we're talking about as far as the 2023 regular season goes. But, guys, it's been a pleasure with the, the season. It's been a pleasure hosting <laughs> this one. It's my first hosting opportunity. Job, Shout out to Kyle from Indianapolis for letting me have that, <laughs> let me have that on. But uh, uh, thank you guys for joining us all season for real. The Talking Cowboys community—it's been awesome on Twitter, on on YouTube, everything 
else. Really appreciate y'all t- tuning in and listening every day. And we'll be back throughout the offseason as well. Draft show's coming this week as well. And go ahead, uh, go ahead and get on the phone lines and give a call to Nick Eatman for Cowboys Storyline, 888-855-2297. But that's all for us. For Isaiah Stanback, John Mashota, Kyle from Indianapolis, and Chris Beam in the back, I am Nick Harris. Thank you for listening to Talking Cowboys. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?